This is the Wrestling Society Podcast. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? You and the roads and all are getting a little out of hand here. Joe Gordon, we pride ourselves on being great wrestlers. We built a reputation on wrestling. We're Christian athletes. And we believe that wrestling matches uh, uh, should be where they should be wrestling. We're now entering into the world of wrestling. What is going on, everybody? Brady Owens here, and you are listening to the Wrestling Society Podcast. And today, my co-host, it is going to be a team of three, the shield of broadcasting, if you will. Got Clayton, and we got Bear joining us today. And today, we are going to be discussing everything that has transpired on AEW Dynamite. Guys, uh, this is going to be a cool episode because Bear and I watched dynamite on television but clayton has not he did not watch dynamite on tv however he was there live so we're going to have a good contrast of discussion uh seeing the live uh in person uh review versus the televised review so are you guys ready to talk about dynamite definitely yes sir awesome um let's just jump right into it uh, it's Dynamite Fighter Fest Night 2, I guess, uh, tagged Shark Week Dynamite. <laughs> it's so funny, that, um, actually, because I'm sure you all saw on the TV, but we saw walking in like and walking around trying to find our seats and getting food and stuff, people walking around with the red <laughs> foam shark things. And all. we were like, where did everyone get those? Like, And then it was like the longer the night went on, more and more people started appearing yeah. with them. And like, I was, we never got one, unfortunately, but oh. Oh, it was so cool seeing that. No, I love uh, one. I don't know how it was there, but here in Texas, when they come, um, the uh, AEW line for the merchandise is outrageous. Mm -hmm. Like it almost by the end of the night wrapped around the building. And every time you would go, you know, in the middle of the show or you take a bathroom break, there's always a long line. Wow. Um, So was it not that way over Um, there? Well, at first it was, yeah. So like whenever we first got in, yeah, the like, because the way they had it set up, unfortunately, was the merch booth was literally right at the front door. So you're walking in and there's just a mass of people surrounding the merch booth, you know? Yeah. So I'm just like, you know, let's come back later at some point. <laughs> and so we go walk around, go get some food, go get our seats, just check everything out, settle in and whatnot. And then, yeah, eventually go back later during like a segment. And um, yeah, there was like nobody. There was maybe four or five wow. people there. But yeah, it was like nobody in line that when I went. So I must have gotten lucky. Yeah. I mean, and, and another thing is from the WWE events in Texas that I've been to um, at the end of the show, there's always like, you know, no lines at the merchandise uh, booths. Yeah. And there's always a lot of stuff available. Um, but dynamite, if you wait till the end of the show, it's gone. I mean, they're mm. packed up. They don't have anything else. Um, so it's, it's definitely a different feel, uh, at least here in Texas in the Fort Worth area. Yeah. They had some signed, uh, figures for sale that I was really looking oh. at whenever we first showed up, but, uh, unfortunately didn't get it. They had a orange Cassidy one that I was like this close, you know, but <laughs> man, um, Anyways, let's jump in. Let's start with match one. Um, I was very, it honestly did not go the way I expected it to go. Uh, <laughs> but uh, th- to be honest, I, I really enjoyed it. 
it was definitely an odd feeling because it's like um so the match was darby allen versus brody king uh i i I definitely thought darby would get a lot more offense and i was very shocked that it was so one-sided um and brody king tossing him around like like he was a i mean like a ragdoll literally Um, man i mean uh i on tv when he grabbed him by the belt loops and was spinning him around and tossing him the road it looked like he broke his neck like it looked like he landed right on his head and like uh, literally on during that because i remember that one specifically that was a moment that stuck out to me a lot too and when you heard when darby fell out of the ring after that and just the way you heard him hit the mat from where we were we were like no nope, uh-uh, <laughs> like he's done yeah i mean it it was uh it was i mean brody king looked like a million bucks and and he had a match against moxley was it it was last week or the week before mm-hmm. uh for the championship um it would have been the week before right. uh and i mean he looked great and one thing i like about uh that match was i thought brody king had a chance of winning the in, you know interim championship yeah. um so tonight you know i was thinking i was like all right he knows how to sell uh so we're and when you put somebody like darby you know who's a smaller guy versus brody who's a bigger guy you they always make a way where the smaller guy eventually starts coming back takes out the legs and it was almost like every time darby tried to do that he would just get shut down Mm. um and it was a very realistic match in my opinion yeah i enjoyed that um the build of brody king in the last two and a half two weeks have been great his build he legitimately i could see him going for any title and now in my mind i'm looking like oh wow him and Miro, what kind of monster Ooh. match could that be yeah and they like you said for any title i just thought uh him versus wardlow would mm-hmm. be that's what i was thinking yeah that would be awesome um and, and uh like you said so after the so brody king ended up winning um which i mean near the end uh i pretty much was like all right there's no there's no way darby's coming back like not a realistic way um and it it was making me think back a lot to the wardlow and orange cassidy match that was not at all one-sided really um and i was listening to our last episode talking about it and um i was discussing how the reason it wasn't one-sided because in njf and wardlow i mean wardlow destroyed njf Mm -hmm. but the reason the orange cassidy and wardlow match wasn't one-sided was because they were buddies so he wasn't going to just go tear his head off and um, but yeah, eventually he got annoyed and then finished it. Um, uh, but this was definitely the way two guys of their size, separate sizes who don't like each other. That's definitely how a fight like that would go, you mm. know? So, uh, um, it was a good match. The fans were, I mean, I could hear y'all, y'all were definitely wanting Darby to <laughs> come back. And it was almost like, it was almost like the fans were going for Darby, but they couldn't get a loud cheer in because he just wasn't able to. Yeah. So there, there wasn't necessarily loud boos. 
it was just like mutters like there wasn't a lot it was almost like wow oh, darby's well, about to die yeah, yeah i believe so, yeah it's like okay well, <laughs> darby's about to do his thing as soon as it gets started oh exactly oh. that's yeah. exactly how it was like that, everyone will get hyped then just get shut down immediately <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean it made the match great because i was watching uh my mom's a huge AEW fan so i watch oh, it with cool. her every wednesday and uh she was nervous because i've always said you know as long as they're cheering or they're booing you know then it's good and she was like it's just kind of like quiet mutters i was like this is actually one of those very you know rare times that this is okay for television it's it's mm -hmm. like bear said it's the unbelief it's the almost disturbed like wow <laughs> like there's not you know uh our, our guys about to you know be murdered <laughs> <laughs> like, when uh Darby got thrown around, my girlfriend had came in the room. I was like, baby, stop. You got to see this. You got to see this. So I played it back and she just stood there with her mouth open. I was like, aren't they going to throw up the X symbol? I think he's dead. <laughs> yeah. And I honestly kept waiting for that myself. I mean, he got dropped on his head, you know, two mm -hmm. or three times. And I was waiting for the X. And I was like, and the craziest thing about all that like all those spots like him getting like him on brody's back getting cannonballed into the corner yeah. and like all that stuff before any of that he took like how many massive chops to the chest oh, like were you those could see from, like you could see from where we were his chest was just like red and beat and like oh like and hearing them i was yeah. like I, I would tap out 100 percent. i'm done they were so loud it like was brutal. i i mean they gosh i don't i honestly don't know the last time i heard chops that loud that aggressively and and when he would do that double hand chop to uh to the mm. back yeah like that knocked the wind out of me like i man yeah. i darby took a beating um like that that that's real like that was no tv effects like those sounds nope. those were real like just the egg and like that's that's like why you heard the silence just because hearing that everyone like you said just the disbelief of just how is he still going <laughs> like, yeah uh and i think it's stuff like that that's gonna you know and honestly watching it i can't think it was like darby's about to come back darby's mm -hmm. and then halfway through i'm like darby's probably dead <laughs> right now like he's it's but uh i mean that's what is going to make darby allen uh one of the greatest aew underdogs of all time mm -hmm. um is the fact that and you know darby's the kind of guy who probably went out there and said you know lay it in i mm -hmm. want you to actually you know hit me i mean uh and the side note that him and Brody King are really good friends. So yes, it, that's why he's Brody's like, okay, I'm gonna lay it on you, like <laughs> better. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great, and that's you know one of the few times that silence is a good thing. Uh, one of the other times in history that is good was when Undertaker, you know, the undefeated streak ended, and you could mm -hmm. hear a pin drop. It's like when the fans are so like uncomfortable and disbelief confused it's like that's when it's okay for there to be quiet yeah. um because it makes people feel so much for darby and then it shows people how much of a legitimate threat that brody king is and uh, like you said and after the match um you had steam come out and you know he was about to take out brody and then you had a uh, uh malachi. malachi black i'm super stoked 
for whatever they're going to do with that. But then you hear Miro's music hit. And if you remember in the promo he did, I think last week, he was asking God, he's like, are these the guys you sent to you know take me out or to recruit me? And so it was very much kind of like the, you know, is he a baby face coming to rescue or, and then he stopped. You're like, there's no way that he's going to join them because that's just overpowering. But well, uh, I tell you, these are the little keys that AEW uh, definitely pays attention to. If you notice his glasses, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they specifically had glasses where it looked, you couldn't really tell if he had. Oh, no, we lost him there. Yeah. So um, I think what he was saying was you couldn't really tell if his if he his eyes were messed up because in Forbidden Door, he got black mist to the face. Right. During the so um, to lose the title, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's the reason he didn't win the championship. Are you there? There he is now. Yeah. We lost you for a minute. So, yeah, you were saying how you couldn't tell because of the glasses. Um, You couldn't tell if his eyes were because he got sprayed by the black mist at forbidden door and that's why he didn't win the championship um it's just details like that that really sells for me and i think i can speak for y'all too the hardcore fans where you know this thing like oh wait a minute uh -uh, something's going on yeah small details um and and that's one of the things too it's like when when miro came out because he's been a heel since joining the company he came out people were cheering and it was and it was almost kind of like after he came out and stood there people kind of started like wait a minute is he going to join them or is he going to you know defend darby and sting and um it, it was a very uh i'm very excited to see how they play that out it, and, it's and the little detail of Brody king asking malachi what's going on and then malachi yeah. just smiling know. Yeah. Malachi was just smiling. And that's one of the things I love too. It's like, you know, Malachi is on another level mentally as far as knowing what's going on. Um, to where Brody King, he's the muscle. He's got all the strength there is. But when it comes to the knowledge, you know, that's where he relies on, you know, Malachi Black. Right. Um personally, I do not think Miro's going to join the House of Black. Um, I I and I did, like I said, I did the fantasy booking when he got black mist in the face, like immediately is like, dude, Miro's going to be a legit threat to the house of black. And if he joins sting and Darby, um, uh, and then you got Brody King, Malachi black and buddy Matthews. Uh, I, I mean, that's a match I'd like to see. And, uh, yeah, cause I just don't see Miro from being the character. Cause he's like the redeemer. Yeah. So, doesn't he's, make sense really for right. him to join him. Yeah, he's definitely the one who would go against him. Uh, like it's a cool tease and everything. Like I like how, like especially verbally, he was kind of like you know debating on whether or not you know what path he should take and stuff. And then right. like the little details of the glasses and then like it's a lot of cool like um just hinting and everything. But it's just in the end, I just I don't see it really happening. Right. Oh, what I. What I see is he's going to help Sting and Darby, and then afterwards, he's going to kill Darby. 
Yeah, just do do his own yeah. thing. I could see that. Yeah, because he like he's always kind of been like his, you know, that lone wolf on his own. Like he's had his, you know, like League of Nations or like you know whatever other factions he's been part of or whatever. But he's always been best by himself. I feel like. Oh, definitely. Um, or with Lana, obviously, but yeah. Um, and I I think like we've discussed earlier too that would be the perfect time to bring her in because they have Julia. Um, so that's just another oh, yeah. reason why, you know, I always he, forget she's put with them. Yeah. So I think that'll be another, you know, reason for him not to be uh, on the house of black. Um, so, yeah, so it was a great match, a great ending. I'm very excited to see where they go with it. Uh, let's go on to the next match. And I did not know that this match was actually taking place until mm -hmm. watching it. Um, it was, uh, and I don't know if it's the right order, but it was Moxley and Wheeler yeah. Yuta versus the best friends. Yeah. Um, I was very, you know, I know Yuta and Trent kind of have some heat, um, but I was, you know, again, going back to the two baby faces and until the match was taking place, I kind of started thinking, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I feel like best friends are kind of taking, they're doing these heelish mm -hmm. tactics. And um, I like it. Uh, I, I see Trent was, you know, just getting pissed off. And then even Chucky e. T was, you know, trying to back him up, like, dude, chill. And then mm -hmm. Yuta just threw that elbow to his face. And then, you know, Chucky e. T got pissed. <laughs> he was like, all right, that's it. And uh, I mean, I was not excited for the match until I started watching it. And then I was just hooked. I was like, okay. This is good. The storytelling is great. The actual in-ring wrestling is incredible. Um, you know, John Moxley wasn't an overpowering world champion. The way they would trade blows and, and get one guy out of the ring. And I mean, it was just done nearly to perfection um, when it came to actual storytelling. The one thing they always do is Trent Beretta is so underrated in his skills. And generally, in his matches, he's able to steal it and his emotions. And, and that's why I like the best friends, the way they interact. Yeah. Most times you think, okay, they're just nut, nut balls. They're not going to put no real energy behind it. But right. when, when Trent gets built up and wound up, and like you said, when uh, Chucky, he's like, I've had enough too. And they started going, and you can see that tag team chemistry they have, and I enjoyed it. And, and another, like, go ahead, Clayton. No, oh, I was just gonna say, I feel like another thing though with Trent too is like since he's been back from his injury that he had not too long ago, I mean, I feel like he's in so much better shape, and he is just really performing at a different level since then. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I know you didn't you know, here, cause you were there live was even orange Cassidy sent like he was pissed off on, cause he was on commentary. Um, and yeah, then it's even, funny you mentioned that cause I saw a clip just like not that long ago at the end when, cause I loved the, how Wheeler Yuta did that awesome pin at the end that just the transition, everything he did, the flow of it all was awesome. And I heard a thing of orange Cassidy being like, yeah, with the, uh, pin that, uh, uh, what Chuck Chuck taught him or whatever. Yeah. And he said it was yeah. such a tone of like yeah. aggression and threw and the then mic he down. Threw the mic, yeah. So I, I think like, we're wow. seeing a new side of him. And uh, 
like I said, you know, before is in wrestling, if you cannot reinvent yourself, then you'll only last so long. And mm -hmm. I think we're in the process of seeing best friends and Cassidy, you know, uh, reinventing themselves. And I'm very excited to see where this goes. Um, and I feel like they really are so good that they don't need to. But the fact that they are, it's like, okay, now I'm really curious to see, you know, what they're going to do next. Um, I well, mean, for me, go ahead. For me, it's um, kind of re reminds me, like, just hearing you say all that and everything, um, this kind of reminds me almost of when Usos first turned heel. Because, I mean, they were amazing, you know, in their normal, just Usos, just the friendly brother, you know, just cool thing going, whatever. And then they turned heel. And it's like, at first it was kind of weird. Right. But then it, then it worked. Like, it weirdly worked was the thing. Yeah. But, like, it was just so weird seeing them go from that to that. And it's just kind of reminiscent of that now, like just that fun, goofy, best friends, you know, gimmick. Yep. But now they're getting this more serious, aggressive edge. So it's I like, like it. I'm excited for sure. I'll tell you uh, two things that I, I, I noticed about this in particular, this match in particular. One, like you said, John Moxley wasn't the dominating champion. And I was so glad to see that because a lot of times they make the champion seem so powerful over everybody so i was glad to see that and two i wish they would get regal on one show to do commentary with the uh, the mask man yes <laughs> man with the mask <laughs> he nah, him it. and orange cassidy oh my god orange said probably seven words total but it was yeah. the best seven words. <laughs> no, one of my favorite lines of that commentary booth was uh, William Ringo was saying something, and then he told Orange Cassidy, he said, correct me if I'm wrong. And then Orange Cassidy goes, uh, okay. <laughs> and I just thought that was a funny thing. Like, anytime somebody tells me that from now on, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just going to be like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now it was a great match. Um, I'm excited to see where what the direction of um, best friends and orange Cassidy are going. Um, we're going to jump to the next match. And I, I'm like, I said, I don't know the order, but I'm pretty sure this is not in the right order because I'm um, the one that was after that. I think I want to save for a little bit down. Um, but I want to talk about uh, Ricky Starks versus Cole Carter. Okay. Um, so I, I was definitely, uh, I told my mom, I was like, you know, be, watch Cole Carter. You're probably going to see a lot more of him on Dynamite. You know, he's coming from NXT. And, uh, I wish I didn't say anything <laughs> because, <laughs> because it was so, I mean, on their uh, backstage, you know, uh, promos, it was definitely Cole Carter was portraying the baby face. Mm -hmm. but the whole match people were chanting for ricky starks and yeah. then cole carter started getting his in and it was boo like legit <laughs> people y'all started booing the man it was like if this guy doesn't get over he's done and the way i took it watch it like i feel like that fans that are there are so AEW that this is AEW versus nxt and they're like <laughs> you know ricky starks is our boy <laughs> like there's nobody so uh poor cole carter but uh you know, Clayton, were you booing him? Were I you mean, one of the ones? 
I, I'm not gonna lie, I was, but there's a reason. <laughs> like in the previous episodes, people I'm sure have heard me say, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs are like the future, in my opinion. Yeah. I love Ricky Starks. He is up there, top tier for me. So when he came out, like everyone else, the whole arena got lit. I got lit, you know. Yeah. Like, love Ricky Starks. Just, Agree. Just his whole personality, the persona that he has, everything. Like he is just a great pro wrestler package, you know. Um, and so it's funny because a lot of people around us and stuff, um, you know, you just heard a lot of people whenever they're talking about Cole Carter, introducing Cole Carter, seeing him on the screen during the interview. Everyone's just like. Who's that guy or whatever? Like, <laughs> why they? Why is he competing with Ricky Starks? And so it was, it was so crazy the the contrast because, like you said, you know, there's some people that just watch AEW, there's some people that just watch WWE. So it's like, like for instance, I didn't know he came from NXT. Like I watched NXT on and off, but I personally didn't know that's where he came from. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's funny because yeah, like I was one of the ones that was just absolutely losing it for Ricky Starks, and obviously whenever you're high on one of the wrestlers it don't matter who they're going against you're booing that other guy like, yeah it, it could have been jeff hardy you know and i could have <laughs> been like ah no i mean that's that's yeah, the thing too is you know i always say boo the bad guys but when you're there in person it's hard I mean, <laughs> yeah, like it's it's uh but however um i wish ricky starks and uh, Hobbs were baby faces because those are two guys that I think it's just really hard to boo them mm -hmm. um, because they're so beloved and they are definitely, you know, they're AEW originals. And it's funny, um, actually, quick side note um, yeah. regarding Hobbs. Um, so before uh, Dynamite started and they were doing the dark matches and whatnot, um, you saw in the curtain just to the side, he was just poking his head out or whatever, <laughs> just looking around. And me and a couple people next to me were like, waving like Hobbs, Hobbs or whatever. He just does a little what's up you know a little head <laughs> nod or whatever thing it just kind of dude, pops his head back in dude like, is how, do you, so cool. how do you hate that you know yeah like, he's such a cool guy yeah. um now what happened after the match and so when uh he was talking about getting another challenger a i knew he wasn't gonna fight again i know i mean <laughs> like i knew it i was like yeah. there's no way but i was thinking as soon as he said that i was trying to think like who would come out and then i remember um someone getting interviewed in the back and they were asking him about you know championship gold you have a good streak going are you going to be going for championships and he didn't say anything and that was hook and i was thinking mm -hmm. the ftw championship and you have ricky starks who taz is fully behind mm -hmm. and then you have taz's son because they were talking about the only men who have held the ftw championship so i said dude hook is coming out they're going to have hook versus ricky starks for the ftw championship and the music hit and i almost just blinded myself like i wasn't even thinking. like i was like oh hook's coming out and then it was at dan house and that was the first time <laughs> ever that i was disappointed to see dan what? i was like oh but and he started talking and i was immediately hooked back in it's like <laughs> oh dan house it's great and then you well, have rick go ahead no i was gonna say it's funny that you you brought all that up because i was sitting thinking i'm like okay the squash match that was a squash i didn't expect it okay now he's challenging somebody and then Danhausen came out then it hit i was like oh wow so they're about to turn ricky and powerhouse hog face they're gonna let tad uh hook get the ftw title off of them i i had started playing my mind 
because he won't uh hook will come out for Dan Housing next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, oh wow, they're gonna save it for one of their big shows because just like but uh, Ricky Starks reminds me of the uh, Rock when he started getting over, and he could still say the one or two lines that make you boo him, mm-hmm. but you knew where he was going, and that's what I see with uh, Ricky and Hobbs. They're they're gonna turn, and I, I see within the next four to five weeks. Yeah, I got, yeah, and. Uh... Um, yeah, I know Dan Housen's not going to become FTW champion, yeah. um, but I mean, it was a fun thing to see. It was fun to see, you know, here starts, you know, mimic him. Yeah, uh, that was good. That was great. <laughs> Honestly, like it caught me off guard. I was like, wait, who said that? <laughs> it was, yeah, it was awesome. Um, um, like you said, Bear, I was very shocked that that was a squash match, um, but seeing where they're going with it you know i and i know they, they've got to be leading up to hook and starks and that's what i want to see um for the ftw cha- and you know taz on commentary clayton was talking about you know these are the only men who've held or held the ftw championship mm. you know there's no person i'd rather it be on than starks and like so it was very kind of giving that feel like okay um and then uh hook was interviewed a little bit ago about going after a championship and i'm like they're not going to put him against wardlow mm uh or or moxley right away or cm yeah. punk coming back and so i was like i don't know what championship he'd be going for until last night i was like oh he's going for that ftw championship okay. um and then taz is still a bad guy so yeah. you know so it's and it's gonna conflict you know taz like do i do you know go for my son or the man i'm most proud of to ever hold the championship so i'm excited to see where that goes but if you think about it wasn't that almost the same thing he said about Cage right before he stabbed him in the heart? He, yeah, but the only difference with that is Cage was hinting at having disagreements with um, with uh, Team Taz, yeah. so it was kind of right. reaching out. However, right. this is two guys. This is his son, and then the guy who's so it's it, i'm curious to see what side task takes like and it, it um, mixes business and personal to another bingo. level well just when well, for me it's like but look at billy gunn mm, yeah. <laughs> the same type of thing that he loved the acclaim but that's his kids he's yeah. never gonna go so that's the way i look at it anyway yeah but all right so let's jump on to um the next match um i'm just going to go ahead and just com- finish doing these out of order since we're already doing that um <laughs> we'll talk about the tbs champ jade cargill kiera hogan layla gray versus statlander willow nightingale and athena uh what did you guys think of that match it was much better than i anticipated i was very shocked and very happy and Willow Nightingale will be a champion, mm-hmm. even if it's Ring of Honor. She has she has a charisma about herself, mm-hmm. a little bubbly powerhouse. I, I just see a lot in her. I, I, like I said, the match was really better than it had any reason to be, honestly. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, obviously, like, I love Jade. She's one of my favorite women's wrestlers right now. 
Um, so I was excited to see her come out at least since uh, you right. know, the doctor wasn't in the, that night. So I didn't get to see Britt. But um, so I was excited Jade got to come out. So I was looking forward to the match anyways. And then, yeah, I've seen a lot of like clips with Willow and, you know, all the cool stuff she's done. So and then Athena, obviously, you know, I loved her back in NXT, Amber Moon yeah. and everything. So it was like I, I was looking forward to the match. But I mean, like Bear said, I felt like it was you know better than it needed to yeah. be really you know like no one really expected anything out of the match but it was just progressively just kept rolling and getting better and getting better and then you know they like i just it was very smooth and i mean you know they had a couple missed spots here and there but yeah it's, it happens and it's you know i mean I, I don't understand the whole like being so harsh and critical on you know missing a spot here and there it's like yeah it happens you know it's live thing that they're doing and it's like you're not going to get it right every time like right. nobody does. so um but regardless of the, it's like it was still an overall great match and i'm just i'm glad jade won you know <laughs> yeah no uh, i'm definitely proud of everybody in the match um kira hogan i felt like she was underrated mm -hmm. in impact um so it's good to see her kind of stepping up to a bigger stage and uh of course athena is just incredible um, and then Jay Cargill, who, in my opinion, is the Roman Reigns of the AEW women's division. Mm. Um, I mean, she's just dominant. She's, I mean, there, there's not one person on the AEW, vision, AEW women's division that you can look at and say, oh, I can see them beating Jade. Yeah, taking um, the title and beating her. Yeah. Right. Not, not right now. Yeah. So uh, it was a great match. Um, uh, like you said, you know, a few missed spots. There's one where Jade was, you know, going to do a pop-up powerbomb to Kira Hogan on the uh, ring apron and it just didn't mm -hmm. work out. But the way she, the way they recovered was so yeah, like smooth. Swung it and like, yeah, yeah, it was so smooth. And that's one of the things that, you know, when I start seeing something like that, I get nervous. I'm like, no, like, I don't want yeah. I don't want anybody to go through that, but they just recovered just so smooth. Um, so, uh, and, and that's really what, you know, divides the good wrestlers versus the, you know, ones who need more on air time are the people who you know know how to recover from an incident and they don't just freak out and pause and you know right. uh, completely you know blow up that spot because yeah if you just stop and people are going to be talking about it but if you recover yeah people may know about it but they're not going to be discussing about how bad it was or you know so uh but the match was great um i i was had a feeling Jade's team was going to win. Yeah. Uh, I tell you this too. What I really enjoyed about this this particular match, Jade took a lot of uh, took a lot of uh, offense. She yeah. she looked vulnerable, and right? It, and it it wasn't like oh wow she took it's like oh wow that's the first time she, oh wow okay now it's like oh man. Wow, I can see either one of them really getting a chance. Yeah, because you start seeing you seeing chinks in her armor, but she mm -hmm. recovered so well, and it's like that's what it excited me. It's like wow, she's doing, she's getting better with every match. Absolutely, not just the offense or defense or everything is coming together with her. Yeah, you click. And that's one of the things like with Goldberg and his undefeated streak, um, it was very, he didn't know how to sell. He was just squash, squash, squash. And then when he had a match with William Regal, it was very clear 
that he didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know how to sell. He didn't. So when you're watching guys like Wardlow and you know women like Jade who have that dominance, but then they know how to properly sell for their opponent and, and not make it look like they're too weak, but make it look like, okay, the so th there's different selling. When you sell, you either make it look like you're weak or you make it look like your opponent is strong. Mm -hmm. And then she was very doing, she's real capable of making her opponent look strong while keeping a uh, you know, dominant figure. Mm -hmm. um, and same thing with Wardlow. They're able to look strong and then take those offensive moves without looking any weaker, but just making their opponent. And for somebody like Jade, who's not been in the game long at all, to be able to do that, um, exactly. I mean, that's amazing. Um, and I look at people like, you know, Darby Allen too, who, who's able to sell like that. And, uh, and that's one of the biggest gripes I have about Sammy Guevara is he's been in the, you know, he's been in the business long enough that he should know how to sell properly. And, it, you know, and I love it him because he's such a good athlete, but it mm -hmm. frustrates me when he's, you know, taking bumps off a ladder and then 10 seconds later, he's hitting springboard moves off the ropes yeah um or doing poses yeah and it's like you need to learn how to sell because that not only makes your opponent look good but it also makes you look good because when you do come back from those it's like all right people can slowly start getting behind you but when you take a big bump and then hop up then people don't get the <laughs> chance to you know be like oh no like they don't have the chance to cheer you on yeah i was wondering um, which one of us was gonna do have the gym coordinate um Post of the night, so yeah, <laughs> 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 no, you, Jim, but uh, no, it was, yeah, like you said, it was a great match. Um, then after, I don't know if y'all saw it there, Clayton, but they did a backstage segment with the Thunder Rosa or it was Thunderstorm, and then uh, uh, we didn't see that, no. Jamie Hayter. I, I'm going to be honest. I fast forward it. I, Thunder Rose is one of my favorite of all time women's wrestlers. But if I have to see another backstage segment where you have Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm talking to Tony Schiavone as in Britt Baker and Hater walk up, it's like, okay, I don't, my interest is gone. Like I've mm. seen it every single week since Britt or since, uh, you know, Thunder Rosa has been champion. It's like, it's, it's stale. It's not, yeah. I just, it was a way i was like all right i'm fast forwarding this um the one thing that i did catch in this this particular one was tony storm's um demeanor it changed just to her so i'm like okay you're about to do a heel turn i can see that you're starting to get tired of of uh the champ uh yeah it's it's that slow turn no, and I appreciate the slow story, you know, telling the slow building. Um, but each week needs to be a build. It can't be the same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing, and then finally start a slow build. Um, so I'm definitely ready for a different storyline. And if that's what they're doing, that's great. But if the build is just going to be backstage in a two-on-two -two interview segment with, you know, Tony Schiavone, um it's just going to become difficult for me to watch i want to see more i want to see a proper story between tony storm and thunder rosa um i want to see an actual feud where one's a heel one's a baby face um so I, I yeah i'm hoping we see that um but i mean all in all uh 
AEW Dynamite was a good night for the women's division. Um, I think, and, and you know how we are always high, you know, griping on how poorly the women's division is doing, whether it's in WWE or AEW. Tonight, I did not have as many of those gripes, and that's a good deal. And and there was multiple women, a, a lot of women on Dynamite last night had segment, even the segment with Thunder Rosa, Jamie Hayter, uh, Tony Storm, and Britt Baker, that's still TV time. Even though it wasn't what I wanted to see, that's still TV time. Mm-hmm. Um, then you had the three-on-three women's match, was, which was great, like we all said, and they gave them time. It wasn't just a quick you know, uh, match. And um, and then at the end of the show, which I'll talk about later, you had two or three other women involved on air as well. Um, but anyways, let's go down to the next um, the next match, which was, or actually, I want to go to a segment that uh, FTR did. Mm. Um, very excited to see FTR. I, I, I really didn't think we were going to see Briscoes. Like they, they're not, you know. But the way they talked was like, there's a very slight chance. We could and a huge shout out to the Briscoes, by the way, signing that long-term contract with Ring of Honor. Did y'all see that? Yeah, yes, about yes. That. very excited about that. Um, but yeah, so they were doing, you know, their thing, and and Dax was talking about his daughter and that thing, and I was, you know, very motivated. Like these are some of the best baby faces ever. Like they had all this momentum going, and then Dax said these lines that completely just it just I was like. No, (laughs) and it was when he said, he said, Briscoe's, I'm going to fight you like an eight-year-old girl. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I was so built up and then I was just the flesh like, no. (laughs) It's like, I get where he was going with it because the story prior to and everything. But like, yeah, it was like, I remember whenever he said that everyone was just kind of like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) And he, go ahead, go ahead. No, uh, when I heard that, I thought, that is one of the coolest lines ever. I said, if I ever get into a fight again, <laughs> I will tell I'm about to beat you. Like <laughs> yeah, and that I mean, he recovered it well, too. And that goes back to like I was saying, he recovered because you could tell when he said it in his face, he was like, Whoops, <laughs> like I wasn't supposed <laughs> to say that. And then he ended with, I'm gonna beat y'all's ass. Like, okay, all right, and thank God I haven't seen any memes about it, which is blows my mind. I thought we'd right. see it all over the place. But when you're as beloved, they have. I was going to say, when you're as beloved as FTR, people aren't going to really dog on that. So I'm excited yeah. about their match. And definitely a lot of people took it the way he wanted it. It just didn't come mm-hmm. off the right. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and the, the, the character, too, I think, plays a part because you always hear him talk about his, his wife and his, his daughter. Family, yeah. So that, that intensity was just like there and i was like man man i want to tell my daughter beat me somebody else i could beat them like yeah (laughs) yeah no it was it was uh it was a good segment i liked it it was proper uh good promo for their match um saturday uh, but yeah, I just wanted to bring that line up real quick because I didn't want to do a show without talking about it. It was funny, but they recovered well. And because they are as beloved and as badass as they are, um, it didn't stick in a negative way. Yeah. Um, and then when they go and beat the crap out of the Briscoes, it, you know, it'll make it look better, even, even though... And we're not doing a, a prediction right now, but my one prediction is Briscoes are walking out. 
the Ring of Honor champs. Um, agree, agree. Hard, hard to disagree with that, especially yeah. after seeing that new deal. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, okay, so another the other segment that I wanted to talk about, uh, not as detailed, but was the Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. Um, very cool to see. Very excited. Uh, I, I'm smart Mark Sterling coming out like it was fun. I just I don't know. I wasn't as invested into it. I was kind of hoping to see the next you know opponent step up or who was going to be maybe the young bucks were going to come out or you know what they were going to do but it was just kind of a comical you know segment which it was good it was fun to watch it was not bad by any means i just i wasn't as excited about it um but i love seeing them on tv i'm glad they're on tv <clears throat> i love seeing how hyped they are um how excited they are uh, they both could talk to a crowd like they're very good at it um i'm just ready to see what's next you know smart mark gonna have a team come who's you know is he building somebody up you know who's who's going to be next that's what i want to see um and it's that slow story building so it's just my impatience wanting to see who's next well i'm glad that at least they pay off things they just don't leave it blowing in the wind and they have they do have a problem with sometimes going too fast or too slow they don't hit the uh, sweet spot enough but with that being said just to hear i can sit and listen to them talk yeah <laughs> all day because they're they're so unique and different that they gel together so well right <clears throat> um so the the next to last match that i want to talk about um, and, and honestly, not really the match that I want to talk about, um, but was Luchasaurus and Christian versus the Varsity Blondes, um, which was a squash match like we thought we would see. Mm -hmm. uh, Luchasaurus did the dirty work and then Christian came into pin. And then you had the surprise return of Jungle Boy. Um, I, I was very excited to see Jungle Boy personally. I would have waited and I know Clayton, you're probably going to be biased on it because you were there, but, uh, personally, I would have liked to see them wait a little more and I would have liked to see him come back without music, almost just like a run in where people are like what's happening. And then when they realize they blow up, um, and that's partially just because his music is not a, it's not badass. So he's coming back to revenge, you know, for revenge. And then you have people, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's like, no, he needs to be coming back pissed off. And, and so that was another thing that I disliked because we saw Luchasaurus standing in between Christian and Jungle Boy. Luchasaurus has been doing all the dirty work for Christian. And Luchasaurus is kind of like, or Jungle Boy is questioning, like, uh, am I, are you going to attack me? And then we saw Lucha stand side by side with Jungle Boy um before i tell you what i think what do y'all think about that i thought it was good because it's a different it's different generally when you see a tag team break up it's the immediate oh we're feuding against each other you're turning your back but there's still questions because you truly don't know if mr stories is with jungle boy or not and I thought that was a different way. It sold 
the coward of Christian. It, it, it took a second for me to catch it because I was like, what the hell? Then it's like, oh, you know what? Everybody's just going to immediately think they're back together. But he just stood aside. So you really don't know. Yeah, that's a good take. Um, Clayton, what did you think about it seeing it live? Well, so first, my first initial reaction was like too soon because I've been loving this whole Kane version of Luchasaurus yeah. we've been getting, you know, like I love it. But um, to like what Bear was saying, though, you know, it's just I feel like because like, you know, now Christian's been coming out with like the shirt saying worked everyone instead of outwork everyone. Saying yep. work. So it's like. Did you work everyone or did you get worked? You know, like it's, so, it's kind of like ooh. Hmm. so this is so I was almost on board with what you were saying, but the way I kind of saw it was um Luchasaurus standing beside first of all, I wanted to see Jungle Boy just pissed off. Like right. it doesn't matter who's in the way. I wanted to see him. You talked about his dead dad, the disappointment, you talk about his mom. And him to come back and then look at Lucha and then Lucha stand by his side and he smiles. Like I would have I would have come down. I would have been too baby face. Too baby face. <laughs> and then the music just never stopped. It was just playing. <laughs> <laughs> and but I was thinking, like, I was like, no, like this is the first time in a long time that I've really liked Luchasaurus. And so I was disappointed with him turning so soon. Yeah. And then I started thinking, like, Christian has proven one thing in his entire life, but also in the storyline is he's such a mastermind in the business that I personally think because Luchasaurus didn't attack Christian. He didn't go after him too. I think this is Christian's way of making Jungle Boy feel safe, feel like he has his buddies still by his side. It's all a mental game. It's all because uh, Christian is shown how, I mean, he got Luchasaurus to turn in the first place so he's smart he's not stupid right. and you see luchasaurus killing all these baby faces so all of a sudden he's a baby face again like he is still a heel they're gonna be i'm i'm praying that they keep the storyline going they keep telling it uh this way and i really hope that uh luchasaurus remains a heel i hope so too because and I, i'm loving it I always think about this too when I see angles and stuff like this. I think of Roddy Piper. Just when you think you know the answers, I change the question. Yeah. No, um, and that's what I was saying, Clayton, when you were talking about that. I was like, he says now he worked everyone. I'm pretty sure he's just working everyone again. Uh, but only time will tell on that. Yeah. Um, so now I want to discuss the last match. Uh, which was Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho in the barbed wire match. Um, barbed wire everywhere. Match. Barbed wire <laughs> everywhere match. That wasn't barbed wire everywhere, but I was going to <laughs> Yeah. Um, they had barbed wire on the microphone, man. Yeah. They were trying. <laughs> no, I mean, it, so th that, that match was... It was it was good. It was more of a disappointment to me because I was expecting so much, um, and I mean I just I wasn't a fan of the chaotic ending. Mm -hmm. I feel like they've they've done it enough, um, and, and you always hear about how Tony Khan is you know it, 
his wrestlers it's like playing with action figures and you throw all your action figures into the one you know ring and uh so i feel like they didn't need to do that um it was funny to see ty conte not know how to unlock the cage i don't y'all didn't see that but she couldn't get it and then you saw you know uh um all the guys the smaller guys just kind of realized like i can slip through here (laughs) it's so so. funny because the cage is actually like so we were the section we were we were about like probably seven eight rows back from like the floor seatings and stuff and the cage was basically like right down and to the left of where we were and stuff so it was pretty cool because it was like we got to see all of it like right there and like a bunch of people to the left of us were like yelling at the dudes in the cage and you saw yeah. them turning around interacting with the Man. people behind them and stuff like jake hager's like you know like yelling at people just you know waving his big old arms around and stuff but it was Man, it, interesting it was definitely it was a match built for excitement um it was there the false finishes were were cool um i almost knew sammy guevara was going to be coming out especially with ty coming out it was cool Mm -hmm. to see ty Kane uh come and you know take out um ruby soho which i wasn't fully behind just just because of the the acting to be honest um but and then i love ruby soho i want them to do more which i think this story is going to help her build her more as an aew women's wrestler but then you have Anna Jay going heel. Um, mm-hmm. I agree with that because I believe the best work Anna Jay's done was when she was with the Dark Order as a heel. Because um, as a heel, you don't talk as much. <laughs> and they <laughs> and Anna Jay and Ty don't have it the strong suit. They're great storytellers, but they the promo work is not their strong suit. Um, it was cool to see the women's, you know, like I said, women had a good night. Um, the match was it was exciting you had uh eddie kingston you know take the loss after the judas effect where you thought it was going to be sammy Zayn or sammy Zayn, sammy <laughs> Guevara getting hit um and it ended up being him and for the finish uh jericho took most of the abuse the entire match a lot but um it was fun it was exciting pain still undefeated i didn't want him to lose uh for one because i wanted the pain to stay undefeated and then again you'll know how i feel about eddie kingston yeah. um i don't have to remind y'all um however eddie did have a good match <laughs> I, I hate and, and this was a uh, mostly on tv at the end where you know he got up and then sammy Zane, sammy sorry guys sammy guevara <laughs> sammy guevara and uh eddie kingston you know or sammy guevara and chris jericho we're going to attack Eddie and then Eddie ducked and then he went to a spitting back fence and he just completely missed them. Yeah, I saw it that. Yeah. So, it looked so silly. I was like, I was like, ah, oh, dang it. I was like, that's, it was, <laughs> he threw everything into it too, mm-hmm. bro. I mean, he went hard and then he missed them. And I was like, and he did good at recovering. And like I said, there's not a lot of guys who can recover from, a botch like that and he did good um but just the initial botch was it, it was it was funny <laughs> it wasn't a close miss either it was pretty far off like you could <laughs> yeah. see it from where we were sitting oh wow <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad that jericho didn't try selling it um because there's been yeah. times in wwe like one of the ones that just came to mind was when uh jeff hardy did a whisper in the wind to jinder mahal completely missed him and then jinder just did a back bump <laughs> like 
So I'm glad, you know, Jericho didn't try selling it like, oh, yeah. uh, it, they they recovered Jericho getting thrown in the bed of barbed wire, um, selling it like he was selling it like, you know, his uh, uh, throat got cut open. Like, I don't know if they uh, how far they showed on the TV and stuff, but like it was crazy. Like it was so brutal because they actually ended up like bringing out a stretcher and everything. Hey, they didn't show oh, that. Wow. Yeah, like they they stretchered him out. Like it was pretty brutal, man. Man, no, they um, they didn't show that on TV. Unfortunately, I think that would have added a lot to it. But he was screaming yeah. and shaking. I mean, it looked bad. Yeah. Well, it's funny though because like um regarding that match just from a life perspective and uh where we were in our seats so with the cage because obviously it wasn't suspended directly above the ring it was kind of mm -hmm. right um, there was a lot of people who were having issues because the cage was literally right in front of a lot Dang. of us and you could not see past the cage and through the ring and everything like i had luckily just to the right of it to where i could see but like those people in the left section to us like yeah you could not see anything at all and i yeah. felt so bad because yeah like you started seeing them crowd the aisles and stuff trying to just get a view of anything that was going on. they started chanting you know we can't see we can't oh, see you know, man. Like, it was crazy but yeah like, i mean like um yeah so there's like from a live perspective you know I feel like the match kind of fell flat because of reasons like that. Like I'm right. sure for other people who had a yeah. view, it was great. But for like our area, it was just kind of a rough view with like the blockage of the cage and then like just all the barbed wire stuff and just commotion and everything, you know, just your view kind of got hindered a lot during this match. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, um, when they were coming to the ring and the, the society, uh, Jericho society got put in the cage and well first thing when i saw ruby i was like this is going to be a crap finish because <laughs> ruby is controlling it why would you let her then you don't have all the members in the cage mm -hmm. if to me you should have had all of them Damn then yeah, yeah then let anna come out yep. and screw them. that would have been a better way to yep. do it right then like y'all I, I am so tired of seeing everybody just free for all anybody just get in just swing fighting whatever right it's so exciting it's, it's exciting when they do it here and there but yeah when it's it's almost a weekly thing it's kind of like mm -hmm. oh man um you know Especially i get this it rivalry <laughs> yeah, yeah for real um but no um, it was go ahead i was gonna say and then kingston lost with the, the build-up and everything this is it why not let kingston get that win mm. I, I don't understand story-wise what good did he do for jericho i, I mean i i understand the the pain maker gimmick i understand that but you're still talking about this same guy who you always say cannot win the big one he lost another big one <laughs> and that's where i go back to where he's going to have to work on reinventing himself if he wants to you know and then maybe go and try to help some younger guys under him because if he keeps fighting these mega stars like jericho and i'm pretty sure he's going to move on to claudio next it's he's not going to win the big one when he's you know he needs to go and fight people like sammy Guevara and fight people like jungle boy and people like that to kind of build him as a bigger star himself um because he hasn't been 
he's been in the business for as long as these other guys, but he hasn't been in the public eye for as long as these other guys. Mm. So, and then on top of that, it is just, it's the ability to be able to like that match was a short match, but for Eddie Kingston, it was probably a long one. Um, well, and the thing I think is that Kingston is not going to be AEW too much longer. I think he is going to end up going to the Ring of Honor. Yeah. And I think that's where his build and he may get a championship run. Yeah. I, I can think, see that. I don't uh, and the love and people love Eddie and the underdog story, but after a while, you are the underdog. What in the world do I want you to win for? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. kind of like the same with Thunder Rosa, you know, she was great mm-hmm. chasing the title. Yep. Now she has the title and it's just kind of falling short. Yeah. Um, no, it was it was a good dynamite um overall. Uh, good matches, good storytelling, a lot of questions left for, you know, the next coming episodes and leading into all out, uh, very excited to see what they do next. Um, but the time has come, we need to start wrapping up. Uh, so just to remind everybody, we have SummerSlam and ring of honor, um, was it honor? No more. I think it's death before dishonor. Death before dishonor. Honor No More is the team. Yeah, that's the team in Impact. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Death Before Dishonor. So y'all make sure to stay tuned with that for those uh, pay-per-views. Um, all right, Clayton, where can they find you, bro? Cool. Um, find me uh, pretty much every social media outlet, you know, Insta, Twitter, Twitch, uh, Kuya, K-U-Y-A underscore Clayton. Um, just do random wrestling stuff. I've been trying to play the WW2K22 GM mode a little bit, so I might do a little game series with that pretty soon here. Um, but we'll see. Nice, Bear. You can find me at a bear of a fan on Facebook um, starting to uh, get it cranking, giving information about old school wrestling, um, title information, and coming soon will be my take on the top tag teams of all eras. So be looking out for that. Awesome, awesome stuff. Um, yes, guys, y'all can uh, follow us, the podcast, on Facebook and Instagram at the Wrestling Society Podcast. Uh, and we also have Twitter. Follow us on there. That is at the Wrestling SP. Um, yes, today we did a review on Dynamite. It was fun. It was a good episode. I'll go back and watch it if you have it on your DVR. Um, and stay tuned for the next shows that we have to come. Thank you all for listening and stay too sweet. Where do you think you're going? You are now exiting the world of wrestling. Stay too sweet and follow us on social media as well as share, like, and subscribe to the Wrestling Society podcast. We must now bid you adieu. Goodbye. Mwah. And good night. Bang. <laughs>